0: hello i'm alex mansfield the host of manny talk shooting and welcome to another episode this is the shooting podcast where i talk to individuals all across the shooting industry we'll talk competition self-defense concealed carry If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another installment of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast on the internet because I don't do it in person. Uh, But listeners, thank you for checking us out every single week. I greatly appreciate it. Without further ado, let me talk about the title sponsor of the podcast. I don't have their banner behind me because I'm not at home again. But anyways, uh, go check them out. GoFastDon'tSuck.net. Tell Bill Duda in your order notes that Manny sent you, but you can get your banners, you can get dry fire decals, you can get matched jerseys, stickers, and hurtful memes that are pretty true on the internet. So go check them out. GoFastDon'tSuck.net. Like I said, tell them Manny sent you and move on with your day. Without further ado, we will talk to the ringer of Bill Drills, Mr. Isaac Lockwood. How you doing, Isaac?
1: I'm good, man. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. Thank you for joining me on this evening. I, I know we've had some scheduling conflicts, but we've worked through it. So I appreciate your patience on that end. Absolutely. No problem. Yeah. It's been a busy schedule the last few months, but finally getting a break in the off season. So it's nice. Yeah. Well, at least where you live, the weather is pretty still warm in your off season. So you can actually like go outside. True.
1: It doesn't freeze up. It's up it snows sometimes, but I mean, it's raining right now, but that's, Usually about the brunt of it, we just get rain, but we definitely get our share of good weather. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Well, listeners, if you don't live under a rock and have seen a couple episodes of Shooting USA, uh, you've seen um, clips of Isaac on there, destroying stages and shooting really good build drills. So uh, for the people who don't know about you, Isaac, who are you and how'd you get into shooting?
1: Well, Isaac Lockwood is my name, um, and I live in Northern California, so... I always say when people ask me where I'm from, that's kind of the first thing. It's like, California, how do you shoot, you know? Fortunately, I live in the very northern part. So just south of uh, Oregon, about two hours south um, and north of Sacramento. And it's very, it's more rural and uh, I, I, very red for I know the state's blue, but it's very red. So guns, guns are a, kind of a way of life in my area for the most part. Um, so. Yeah, I kind of grew up here and around guns. Uh, so I got into shooting, though. Um, I kind of always enjoyed shooting. The typical go out once a year, you know, grab a gun off the tailgate, shoot a mag, and, and then basically I'm done with that gun. Go to another gun <laughs> for the most <laughs> part, um, until about seven. I want to say seven years, eight years ago. Um, yeah, started working or watching uh, on YouTube, started watching, like, three-gun stuff and some USPSA stuff. Um, didn't know anything about it, just saw that it was, like, competition and, you know, guys going really fast, you know, guys like JJ and Max. I had Casey Eusebio was on there. There's a show called, uh, uh, it, what was it, uh, Hot Shots. Mm-hmm. There's yep. Top Shot that everybody, you know, was, you know, everybody knows Top Shot, but <laughs> Hot Shots was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, that series was actually pretty cool. I, I stumbled across that, and you know, watching Jerry Michelek. and then there was an Archer guy, mm-hmm. uh, Clint up Church for three gun. So I was more interested in three gun, mm-hmm. and I was, but I started kind of getting some of the gear before I ever. I would go out a little bit more often just by watching that show. It got me out shooting more, um, mm-hmm. you know. So I got like a shotgun, was setting that thing up, and <laughs> AR stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, do so much in that realm. Um, I was law enforcement at the time, but uh, but basically that's kind of was my interest. Then joined the local gun club, and it had actually it had USPSA, but it also had Tuesday Night Steel. So I shot Tuesday Night Steel, which I had. I mean, it was all pistol, and I'm I'm actually a rifle guy. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm good at it, but that was I, that's just my favorite is rifles. So hours I just love them, but. Uh, Got shooting at the local club, Tuesday Night Steel, and then they had USPSA, so I started doing that shortly after and, you know, got hooked and haven't slowed down since.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, I've also, you know, I loved watching Hot Shots, right? I think I've watched it about five times on YouTube just because yeah. it's some old history, right? Like Max yeah. Michelle going, shooting, you know, winning the, the Triple Crown in, what, 2013, then 2014 winning the World Shoot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it it was it was a great program. I wish that it was still kind of a thing, and I uh, know another yeah. avenue for media. But that was definitely a cool show. It was. It was. It was one of those kind of. I, I mean, I don't know the exact politics,
1: but I've learned more now that I'm uh, fortunate enough to kind of like hang around and talk with Max and JJ um, and those guys. Uh, kind of learn more behind it and and what it took to get on it. So there's some interesting stuff there, but I don't know if, that I'll divulge. Some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Regardless, it was awesome, and it's kind of what spurred me into uh, competition shooting. So, right, really appreciated that. And it's still, it's still just it's the way they uh, produced that um, and shot it was really interesting. I thought, um, kind of our sport, well, USPSA well, competition, competition shooting in general. I wish, I wish there was a way to have a live version that was more interesting to audiences than having to do something like, like that or shooting USA, you know, mm-hmm. the shooting USA does a great job. Um, the hard part is, is it's just, one is the location, the logistics of it. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and then two would just be, how do you make something interesting when you have the top guys? Usually there's a super squad, but a lot of times they're all spread out. And so there's so many, <laughs> especially at this point, it, especially if you're talking about, uh, carry optics, there's so many, Uh, legitimate shooters that have you know have a chance to be in that top 20 uh, that would be fun to watch that how do you cover all that and there's just not a good solution at this point which is unfortunate because I think there's there's a way to do it I don't know how but I know that I mean I know there's a lot of us that would watch it as long as it was kind of digestible um, in, in in the way they filmed it
0: Right, yeah. Well, especially like you mentioned, there's about 20, 25 guys who can fight for the top. You know, they're gonna, they're especially in carry optics. It, it's it's kind of hard to capture all that, especially you know the crews that they've got doing it. No, but John and his, like you said, John and his company, they do a great job trying to cover everything. It's just there's not enough cameras and not enough money and time to get everybody.
1: Yeah, and that's what it, it comes down to money. You know, I mean, how do we? That's what it comes. It how does it uh, how do you get the sponsors? First of all, you got to get the views, and if you get the views, you get the sponsors, and if you get the sponsors, you got the money, and then it, everybody wins. But uh, I don't have an answer how to do that. I've seen it done. Uh, I used to play disc golf, actually. <laughs> kind of funny. But uh, I used to do that, and I watched that go from literally there was no coverage of it. There was one guy that would go out to the big events, and he would record the lead car like on the final day with his camcorder and then he would put it on youtube like a week later you know he would edit it that just doing that people enough people watched it to where he got a second guy and then a third guy and then he got bigger he got better equipment he did interviews um and then other another company called jomez jomez production with a j anyways it's actually, regardless if you play disc golf or not, you can go watch it. It's more fun to watch than golf, um, and I used to golf as well. But uh, it's, they do a great job covering it, and uh, it, it went from no money. You can't make money. You have to live in your car and travel around if you want to be a tour player to now these guys are signing $10 million contracts, and that was in a span of like five years.
0: For throwing plastic little discs.
1: That's right. That's right. I got out just in time, just in, t- <laughs> just in time that they started making money. <laughs>
0: it's usually how it goes, right? Do yeah. you, you, you get rid of it? You get all rid of your crap, move on to the next thing. And that's when it takes off. Right.
1: Yeah. But it really, I was kind of aging out because those are, I mean, they've got, you know, the name of that game is, is pretty young athletic kids that they don't have, you know, you don't have to be strong physically to throw it far. It's more about it, you know, It's just physics and leverage. So they can, those guys, those kids can throw, and uh, and they're really good. You know, at a young, at a teenage, you know, Mm -hmm. in their twenties they get better too. But I mean, it's highly competitive, and I was kind of aging out at by the time, but by the time I turned close to thirty, or or I think I got out by the time I was like twenty nine, thirty. Um, The old guys are in their mid thirties in that sport (laughs) and they go, I mean, you can play it for pretty much forever uh, because it's not really hard on your body, but to be highly competitive, um, it's just like anything. It's very athletic and younger bodies kind of handle it better. You know, just they Mm. can put more torque on their, on their joints (laughs) until you get too old.
0: Right. They don't need that bionic elbow yet right <laughs>
1: so, but uh
0: so you know disc golf carts you know Zuka carts were are so big in disc golf um did you did you keep one before you went into shooting uh
1: no actually i didn't i had a different bag sponsor <laughs> called upper park bags that uh, uh still got a, a bag full of plastic i sold i had a bunch of stuff i had it you know i, I was fortunate where i had uh, a lot of sponsors in that too to keep you know to do that and that's what what i learned from that is kind of mm-hmm. when i started when i started shooting and after a few, i would say two three two or three years of shooting uspsa for fun i was mm-hmm. kind of like hey maybe i'll try to pursue this you know i didn't plan to i just wanted to be able to shoot better you know especially kind of getting into law enforcement um that's about the time i started you know going that route uh where I just saw, like, oh, this is a great skill to learn, um, and, mm-hmm. you know, competition's only going to make you better, so. No, I was, I didn't ever get the Zooka, but I've seen them yeah. at matches, and that's, I thought that was pretty cool, because I saw kind of where that started.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you see them everywhere, and it's like, just think about all the money we spend in stupid, like, essentially what somebody would call stupid crap in, like, this sport. It's like, it's a comfort of life thing, right? It's like, it's the wagons, yeah. it's the Zooka carts, it's the fans you'll see on the range, but, I mean, oh yeah (laughs) you you can spend worse money i mean
1: yeah
0: but um so what does so i want to pivot just a quite quick little bit um what made you want to get into law enforcement
1: well that was i've always had a high respect for law enforcement Uh, didn't ever grow up wanting to be a cop or anything like that um mainly because i kind of i always knew the responsibility Um, kind of the, I want to say pressure, but responsibility, I guess that's a good enough term that uh, law enforcement has, you know. Um, My plan was, I wanted to go into military early on, but um, met my wife at a young age. We met in high school and then kind of decided early at 18 that uh, she was who I wanted to marry and spend my life with and kind of had a career job. I was fortunate, fell into a career job. At that time, uh, very young, it paid well, and so I was like, "Well, I guess I'm doing this." And then we got pregnant. And I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna join the military and get deployed or something. At that point, I was just like, "No." And then, you know, I've had lots of life changes, lots of career changes, <laughs> but uh, the law enforcement thing was mainly one. Uh, a buddy I go to church with, uh, he was he was a sheriff's deputy, and and we'd always talk, obviously, every Sunday when we saw each other, and he would tell me stories and obviously cop stories are pretty, they're, they're, they're cool, but they're also pretty funny, because you see, <laughs> you see all the stuff you can't, you can't even make it up. It's just, mm-hmm. there's so many situations where they're just, it's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, I kind of have to be there to actually believe that this stuff could happen. So he would tell me those stories and it was awesome and laugh. and. And then he kind of he was always like dude you should uh you should you should apply man you should go work in the jail and they'll see you're a good dude and they'll pull you out to the streets and so after about a year of kind of wrestling with that talking to the wife i just had that it's a stereotypical calling i guess you know i saw mm-hmm. my i saw things getting worse and where i live more homeless more crime and it was like i would complain about it but then Having kids, I'm a big proponent. of If you're going to, don't complain about something unless you're willing to do something. About it. So I wanted to emulate that, and and just kind of had that stereotypical calling. It was just eating at me, like maybe I should do this. Maybe so I did. I applied. Um, it helped also that the I think the opportunity was better than what I was doing at the time. I went mm-hmm. through some rough times job wise and. Uh, so pay was gonna be a little bit better and obviously retirement and insurance. So it was kind of like, okay, well, let's do this. So jumped in and it kind of went just the way he said, started in the jail. Uh, and after a year, if that, I was told that I was selected to go to the streets. And then it took about that six months before I went to the academy. And then uh, then the academy and then hit the streets and then during the academy time that's kind of when i was i mean i was already shooting at that point and that's when uh some other sponsors picked me up um because i was still shooting locals not not really any majors i think i made like two majors two area two area matches and i took third and co in both of those um so got a little bit of you know it, it helps like when <laughs> you're standing next to Nils on the podium. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, other sponsors like, who's this guy? You know, so I think that helped me. And then I uh, was able to yeah, fortunate to pick up like Target USA was one of the first um, uh, gray guns that picked me up. I had a couple local sponsors, like a local gun shop. And then uh, my buddy, Mike, uh, he, had, uh, he had an ammo company called uh, the Cartridge Family or TCF ammunition. So he's helped me with ammo loading it all and uh, and a few other people it's jerky and those are all kind of local sponsors that still help me out uh, they they want to be a part of the journey um, and so, you know and then like I said Grey Guns, uh, Targets USA, the Shooters World Powder those those sponsors uh, one way or two, through through various avenues uh, kind of we hooked up and talked and, and Henning Walgreens with any group and uh, it just kind of started snowballing a little bit. So, so yeah, I've been very fortunate. And then it just kind of applied where I learned being sponsored with disc golf, learning what kind of, you know, it's a hard thing is a lot of people ask, um, no matter what it is, how do you get sponsored? And then the biggest thing is, and for anybody who's interested in watching this, is, is I find out what they, What they want it's it's not just about selling it's about you you using a product that you actually like and and uh, believe in Uh, so -hmm. that's kind of my first thing is like like all my sponsors is less about what they you know there's a couple things it's got to be a good product if i don't know anything about them i just want to try a product just like anybody i buy it i go try it i like it because there's been plenty that i've tried that i just They're not for me i don't like it whether it's the quality or just it's just not for me for what i'm looking for Um, Mm -hmm. but if it's something you like just do something like this or do uh you know on your social media that's the biggest thing that's big they they, they see it tag them and you just say what you like about it even say what you don't like but but just be true to yourself you know be true to to people kind of see if you're selling something versus if you actually like the product you know what I mean
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that's I just kind of applied that um I, I would I know I'm not good at it or I'm not great at it by any means but I mean I guess it was enough that I was just using it and saying hey I use this you know these are the reasons why this is what I like about it you know and then if there's a better product you know if you're not sponsored by it you know I try the other products and even if I am sponsored I'll try other products and I'll tell my sponsor hey have you looked at this? Can we do something like this? You know, because they yeah. want to get that too. So they're kind right. of having that conversation and just being, just being real. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to, I guess, force it on people. Right. If you're, using, if you're using something you like, you know, say if you like Dawn soap, I mean, shoot, you just talk about, hey, I use it because of this. It gets out the stains, whatever, you know, it works for me. And this is why. And then mm-hmm. people people kind of pick up on 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 that versus like you know the fake commercial say what you think they want you to say, they just want you to be real,
0: mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of kind of commercials, well, I mean, I've been, you know, you know, as you mentioned, um, Henning Walgreen with Henning Group, right? The T900, right? You know how many reviews really there are on the internet for that? Like two, and that's one is yours, right? So, you know, you showed the product off, and know, and I was, I've been looking at the T900s forever, right? Like, I just could never bite the bullet and decide to go buy one, right? But, um, Oh, I got like, oh, these cool videos and, you know, no one really talks about it in a good in-depth way, you know, and you show it off pretty good in that video you did. I think it's on probably your Instagram or in probably YouTube. I think where I found it was YouTube, yeah, but yeah. you know, you show the product off and it's like between your video and talking to my buddy, Tom Castro, it's like, I, I need to break down and just buy it. Right. Like, and, and I can't, I can't complain about it other than like one thing. And that's when I tried to use DAA dry fire mags with them. They don't stick. Because oh, the metal in yeah. the DA, the dry fire mags has chintzy, cheap pot metal in the middle of them, and they don't stick to yeah. the small magnets. Now, no. but if you used a big magnet, like a double alpha magnet, sure it'll stick because it's a freaking UFO saucer. But yeah. so yeah, like that's when, the, like it, it, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love it. Like he, he sent me one to try, and it was kind of one of those things where it's like this could be really cool, but really will it actually be helpful right like will this actually make it to where you know, more efficient and consistent you know or is it or is it just gimmicky you know and and really we didn't know he was he was already testing it for about a year and i loved the idea because it just i mean that's pretty cool now you don't have a restriction if it works the way you think it's going to work then you don't have to like for me i would always have to like hip hinge to pull up my mag I guess I don't know. I I probably did it more than I needed to, but I wanted to make sure I cleared to be consistent. And so he sent me one, and I tried it. And it, you know, you have to put the reps in. It's just like anything. If you change gear, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's different. So for me, like, well, here's here's my USPSA belt. I also have my Ipsik one that I built recently. But I I was running two. uh, My first and second. But I went to one because I almost never got to my second, and I did knock it off sometimes, um, being very aggressive around walls or something like that. But usually, I'm reloading. You know, most of the times I'm, I'm reloading. I, I I haven't really had problems with it falling off in the match. It's ne- or let's just say this: it's never fallen off at a key moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the second one has fallen off in the match, uh, but this first one. I don't know of a time where it's fallen off before i've used or you know unintentionally it was always seemed to be the second one so i just kind of went to uh i i just modified it and just put um, it's actually precision holsters but uh back pouches um, but i just threw those on so that's the rest of them but,
0: right yeah because uh, they still use the Henning, the t900 backer they just have a different yeah. attachment point
1: yeah, and he has different, I mean, it'll take different backers, uh, but yes, I don't know if you can see it, but yes, it's the T900 uh, uh, hanger mm-hmm. for, those, for those pouches, just the same one. It's just a different kind of attachment that they use, but yeah, yeah. it's very versatile. But what I found out just in putting, putting the reps to it, that yeah, I got rid of that hip hinge, so now and you can position it exactly where your hand goes. So I just keep my elbow at the same spot and drop just drop my hand from the gun and i just positioned the mag exactly the way my hand was you know so it didn't have to do any turning of my wrist or anything it just comes straight down to the mag and that's how i position it Um, some people prefer it more out more sideways but whatever you want you can literally do you you can make it work for you what's the most efficient most conducive for for what you do Um, so once i kind of Like I said, once I put the reps in, the slowest part is letting the mag drop. (laughs) It's crazy. I was was smacking my finger so much, like I I always had a purple uh, pointer finger on my left hand from hitting the bottom of the mag because I was it it was too fast. So I've actually had to get better at as soon as I'm going to reload. I had to I had to get to that mag drop that mag release sooner. I had to get better at that. Because now the slowest part is that mag dropping clearing out of the way before I can get the other mag in, so it's really it's really a great product it's it's for reloads i mean yeah, you can guys it's it's up to you it's there's not a faster way to reload in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and even with my short time of using, it, I've probably used it maybe a month now, but it's like, yeah, there's no waiting. You know, you just pop, it just pops off and you're ready to go. And I love the fact that you can really t- truly adjust the whole pouch while it's on your belt with the tools. You know, you never, it's, 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 it's super simple, right? So you can really adjust it. It's not, you got to take your belt off to like tweak it or whatever.
1: Yeah. yeah. I actually never thought You're right. That is a, was always a pain. When you would adjust them you'd have to take your whole belt off make a little adjustment put it back on does this feel right but there was you know to be fair outside of the the henning hangers there's really not a lot of adjustment hangers for pouches anyways out there so you kind of can just i think you just have camp <laughs> mm-hmm. that's about it you know double alpha they i think they have one where you can kind of move it around a little bit more and actually every company is following suit to what henning's doing at this point (laughs) even i saw uh the boss hanger they came out with a looks like a great system um Mm -hmm. they they kind of so that it's got the it's kind of a ball system you know where it can pivot just probably do all the things are very similar to a henning um but henning came out with it first you know and then they even added the uh, pads on the bottom of that boss hanger that digs India, because I used mm-hmm. to run the bosses myself until, until him, T1000. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of funny. It's just, it was, it's a good it's good innovation. And that's kind of what drives, well, the whole shooting world is, I, I, I think, the way I see it now is is like competition drives the shooting world more than anything. And it's like, why aren't we bigger? <laughs> right. We're kind of, you know, we're, we're the kind of the, the stepchild of, of shooting. In a way you know because it's all it's all about veterans and which is great but you know it's they don't they cut they're, they're stuck i think they would they would innovate more but they're restricted by they're forced to use whatever the government supplies same with pd or law enforcement mm-hmm. law enforcement doesn't matter how good a product is is it's what's what's on their policy and that doesn't change very often
0: no it takes a million white papers and government funding to change anything
1: right so they're so that being said they can't they don't innovate and when they do or they don't they they probably do they do innovate in some ways you know they can they can talk to uh you know gun manufacturers or uh, you know what the needs are but the reality is is it's tested and kind of all starts at competition and then once it becomes something that's valid and can hold up, then military and law enforcement start looking at it, and it's a decade later.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> so, I mean, they've been shoot, they were shooting red dots in the nine or before the '90s or something, you know, in yeah. competition. And then of now, after what? God, what? 2013 maybe or 2014 is when they finally decided to put red dots on pistols. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Our, our agencies up here just just switched to it last year mm-hmm yeah uh, well one was two years ago and then the other two agencies in my area um was last last year yeah so it's just it's crazy that it's, excuse me it's crazy that it takes that long to make changes it's just it's just the nature of it um but yeah it's unfortunate because they could for 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 a job that requires you to carry a firearm and take that risk and liability, you would think they want the best. And they do. They mm-hmm. want the best, but there's so much, you know, bureaucracy bu- bureaucracy? Yeah, bureaucracy mm-hmm. and paperwork. Um, and that's what kind of stops everything. It's just, it just kind of sucks that, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're always they're always going to be behind. It's like 2011. 2011's been around for how long? And now yeah. they're just taking off in law enforcement. And because of that, now we have well i think that you know with uh, staccato <laughs> staccato has done a great job with pushing that out to law enforcement and getting agencies to notice it. now it's it's huge um and that's kind of what created or i i i, I personally think um uh that that's kind of what drove the limited optics to be something for uspsa because of st- uh, staccato and law enforcement you know to sh- to get them so not just law enforcement, once military law enforcement does something, then kind of the, I don't want to talk down because I was there too, but the lower level. Um, yeah,
0: the yeah. general populace kind of people, yeah. Yeah,
1: that, that like guns, like to shoot, but they're they're not shooters. They just go out like I did, you know, with just grab something off your tailgate, shoot a mag, and then change the next gun. But mm-hmm. that's what they're, they follow that regime. So they're also at least a decade behind as well but they become so popular now. I'm glad we have LO just to, just to bring them in so they can shoot their, their 2011 nine millimeter with the dot on it. You know, (laughs) that's what people want to shoot. I'm, you know, I'm all for it as long as it, you know, we just, we just have to keep being open to uh, the growth. You know, where is it going? Right. It's not just about money. Like it, I know it's, USPSA always gets a bad rap about the money portion of it, and reality is is like we we all benefit if we continue to grow shooting sports. So wherever the population is, even even if it's kind of against what we think is best, as you know, you know as I'll say, higher level shooters are more uh, we're less ignorant to what works and what doesn't because it's probably already been tested. But if the general population says you know that glocks are best you know and they all want to bring their glocks and maybe we so just say we didn't have a division that a glock fit in well mm-hmm. create a division for it so we can get all the general population in to to, to shooting sports you know that's a, that's a benefit to everybody so
0: and then yeah. they learn Yeah, then they get to really learn. But as you kind of mentioned, you know, you know, you know, military and law enforcement kind of doctrine, you know, you know, it's all about kind of budgetary things, too. And then you mentioned kind of staccato there, you know, bringing it into like the general population slash military law enforcement side. It's like, you know, they had to get over the price. The fact that a staccato was more money than a Glock, first of all, you know, when they had to buy them, because it's like, you know, military, you know, law enforcement Glocks, probably cheapest gun they could ever buy. Right. But now they're buying the staccatos um, you know, whatever they wanted to run. Uh, but it, it is good to see, right. They're buying better high quality firearms and uh, you know, the general populace. Like there's some people coming first time into the sport shooting LO with a staccato. I didn't think yeah. I'd ever own a, like a 2011 as my first pistol coming into shooting anything. Right. It's like yeah. the, the, like the whole dogma change. And it's like, Oh, I'm going to go buy the staccato. I'm like, that's great. I, I like my first gun was a Glock 19, like probably yeah. a lot of people. And it's like, yeah. And you didn't know any better. Cause that's what the, back when I, you know, I got into firearms, that was the hotness, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's still, and there's nothing wrong with it. I kind of dog on Glocks a lot. Um, I had like seven at one time and I have zero now, <laughs> but I still like, I tell everybody for a first gun, you know, i'm not going to try to talk somebody into a fancy you know for a first gun it's like get something that's cheap that works well glock is a perfect starter gun um kind of you know because you know it's going to run for them and Mm -hmm. it's it's cheap so the price is right and it's readily available so and everybody knows it so great start with you know start with that and see where you go see where you want to go um but more than anything it's like let's you know i i'm I'm all for how do we draw more people to it? How do we keep people shooting, you know? Because once they get into, I, I, I don't I don't know about all the shooting sports like three gun, I haven't been a part of that or, or other divisions, but as far as USPSA and, and that scene, uh, once people get into it, as long as they can check their ego that they're gonna be beat, they're gonna get destroyed the first few times they come out until they understand the game and get better. Cause they will get better but if they can check their ego like i had to is like you're you're gonna stay because it's fun for one but it's the people there's just there's not a better caliber of people uh, no pun intended uh mm-hmm. than in shooting sports um from all the hobbies i've had and i've had a lot you know I've, I've a lot of different people from a diff- lot of different walks of life and it seems like man is shooting sports just brings out the type of people, at least I want to be around, that would give you the shirt off their back and help you out. And, like, you know, they're going <laughs> to their support, like all the way to the top from from the sea shooters all the way to, you know, the J.J. Rikazis, the Mason Lanes. you know, these guys, I, I mean, I've kind of I'm very fortunate because I can speak to. Kind of all the different levels and I've been helped along the way. I've not done this by myself by any means. Um, I've been fortunate to where all the way at the top, literally, I got guys like Nils, Mason. J- J- you know, those guys are literally reaching out to me and trying to help me get better to beat them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, "Hey, I'm seeing. You know, you're dropping. You know, you know." First of all, they're awesome. They're 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 not trying to be like rude or anything. They're they're just asking me, "Hey." I, You mind if i give you a hand or something i'm like absolutely yeah yeah i notice you're dropping your gun from you know from this spot to this spot and if you just keep it up you're going to shave some time and you know just little little tips like that right Mm -hmm. it's stuff that i'm watching my own video and you think (laughs) you think i would catch certain things but i'm not necessarily looking at that i'm looking at like footwork or something and i'm just missing the simple stuff sometimes as i'm sure a lot of us do it's it's always good to have somebody else looking at your stuff because they're more objective. Um, but yeah and i cannot believe how how good the quality of people are in shooting sports all the way from the bottom to the top everybody has their turns you know because mm-hmm. that's just the way it is but we have i think the least
0: amount <laughs> percentage by right his... right well we wouldn't do this sport if it wasn't the fun community and you know the you know the drive to be better there's a lot of us in this sport who call it a sport right who do want to get better but then there are the hobbyists who do enjoy it but, you know, it, it, no matter what, if you're on a squad of people of hobbyists or people who think it's truly a sport, um, you know, you can't have a better fun, right? Like, everyone has yep. fun going to these things. It's time away from the family. I mean, some people do bring their families with them, which is awesome because they get to enjoy it together. But it's like, it's truly a fun sport with good people, right? There's hardly any bad eggs in the bunch, and it's always a good time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's,
1: kind of, that, that's like I said, if we can get more people to come experience that, that they're, they're gonna stick, you know. And so, how do we do that? I don't have the answers. I just, I just, I know anything I say to express opinion-wise, it's gonna be from the from the mindset of what's what's best for everybody, uh, not necessarily just what does Isaac Locke would want to see change. You know, it's really more like what's gonna keep more people wanting to come in and try try shooting. You know. And that could be Mm -hmm. three gun too i don't care what you know what shooting's for or shooting clays or whatever it is whatever whatever helps bring and invite more people the better off everybody is so kind of like the build drill challenge thing with with john that's the the biggest thing is you know getting getting the support to help legitimize it as far as like the, the top shooters which they did they came over a few of them came over and shot the build drill challenge and took that knowing that that's not their thing, knowing that they're not gonna uh, shoot the times that like like Billy and I are shooting and some other you know speed ninjas out there um, and they're the best in the world, but they know that they're not gonna they're not gonna put those times up right they still came over because they know the value of them being filmed shooting that build show challenge is gonna help legitimize it and further it for more people to see. One people just like I, one people just love to see peak performance of any sport, no matter what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. And and we like to see things go fast. That's why we like racing. You know, that's why we like everything. Gets everything that goes fast, we like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So shooting's <laughs> no so different. Uh, so it just helps bring more eyes because it's like, oh, who's that? You know. Who's this guy that just shot faster than, you know, I don't want to name names, but, you know, we had some big names uh, shoot it just, you know, one, they were they're competitive by nature, but uh, two, also they know, you know, they've never shot in like the one twos, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, but they're going to give it a try, see how fast they can go. Maybe they get in one five, like Max called his, uh, he called it, he said, I can shoot about a one six five and uh, that's all I got and he goes up. And I think he shot exactly a 165 or a 164, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that was great. But he did it to, you know, he knows maybe he doesn't have a chance to, to win it, but he knows it also helps attaching, you know, a guy like his his, his stature, uh, his name to it. You know, people are going to it just further legitimize
0: what we're doing. Oh, absolutely. Now, um, I noticed at Handgun Nationals, the target was a little bit different this time. They didn't have a head box. It was was just the torso? That is correct. So, yeah. yeah. So, the first year, (laughs) when
1: uh, it wasn't, like, Shooting USA wasn't uh, a part of it, let's just say. They did film some of it, and uh, he came over and filmed some of my runs on, like, the second day. Um, He he wasn't there for my winning run, but uh, fortunately... I had Jordan from Grey Guns filming it and uh, was able to capture it, which is kind of a funny story in its own. But uh, I won that based on uh, Alpha in the head box. So mm-hmm. my first shot off the draw, you know, as the gun's coming up, the nose is a little bit higher as you're coming up to level out. And so mm-hmm. I've shot high before. Like that's a, kind, of a, kind of a common thing when you're going at that high speed. Um, you're, you're kind of shooting um, as soon as you can see your sights on the target so it's it's not something you're calling every shot it's something you're trying to see your first shot to the middle and then you're trying to hold it in all you can do is slightly steer it while you're while you're pulling the trigger but that's about it so my first shot actually was was high and i don't shoot until i can see the dot um, so as soon as mm-hmm. i can see that dot i'm pulling the trigger and sometimes i'm not even fully extended so yeah the nose was a little bit high um Got the head box and then the rest of the lower eight, and uh, yeah, that's how that's how I won that one, which was
0: uh,
1: I wouldn't say it wasn't controversial because it's an alpha, but
0: uh, it was a hard alpha. That was a harder alpha than it, normal.
1: Yeah. It wasn't, you know, I've never said that was that was not a planned thing. It wasn't called like it wasn't. I called that in the head and then put the rest in the body. No, it was no, nothing like that. It's just running at that highest speed. You're taking what you're getting. Hopefully, you have a good index off of the draw because the draws are you know i think you know they're for me typically at least on these last ones are in like the fives or low sixes um, and if i'm warmed up i can go in the fours uh, pretty regularly but mm-hmm. but i don't know i think that was probably like a five something draw so from the start of the beat so that's uh uh that's how i won the first one and then the second one billy won um, mm-hmm. at sea of and he won it with the uh, one two seven with his first shot in the head so and what's funny is he uh and he didn't give me a hard time but i know he was he was kind of i don't think it sat great with him that i i beat him at the first one with a headshot, shot <laughs> build drill mm-hmm. um so he was you know obviously because he did all his in the in the proper a zone the body a zone Uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, he ended up winning with a one two seven with one of the head box but it was like hey you know what (laughs) that's the game you know and so we rectified that going forward we're going to get rid of that head box Um, and actually we're probably going to come out with a build drill target so i don't know what that's we're we're still talking about that Uh, Mm -hmm. to see what what that should look like you know should we should we stay with just the A zone old size, or should we make it like a C zone? Uh, who knows? We'll see. I know we're going to try to. Eat. It's not going to be like a humanoid, um, mm-hmm. because if we want to go with like television, uh, television doesn't like humanoid targets. So we'll probably come up with something that's less humanoid, and we'll see what it looks like. I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll collaborate and figure out if it's going to be if we want to see faster time, it's like we want to have that accuracy. So we don't want to lose accuracy at that speed. Um, and it's only seven yards. So it's not like we need to, you know, make it, we don't need to make it huge, but maybe, maybe just a smaller C zone or, or maybe just a C zone size close to it. Um, and if it's anything at that, then, then I think we'll, we'll hit down at the, the one teens and chase that one second build drill. But we'll, the fastest one I've ever seen uh official uh is from jerry mitchell and it was like a 111 a 111 build drill but it was on a big I, I don't know how big the piece of steel was i know i know that john was there he actually he, he recorded it. i forget how big he said but he said it was a big piece of steel so it's like this, it's every bit as big as our full-size uh uspsa targets uh a piece of steel uh and mm-hmm. it's just anywhere on the steel it counts. So. And that case, he was able to do a one eleven, and I think we can get down to one elevens even just with the A box. I know I've done faster than that, um, all alphas, but in practice, nothing official, um, as well as Billy. But it would be it would be interesting to see if you know if we went just like a C zone size, so that way you know kind of have some some leniency on on the spread to really get those draws down because get you know get in the one fours, and then. Uh, you know, see how fast we can go because I think people hitting anything at that speed is some. You know, it's kind. I think impressive to most people, anyways. You know, at the well, highest if you think level, about it, go ahead. Uh, I just say at the highest levels, you know, everybody wants to see alphas, which, of course, and, and mm-hmm. I agree. But I again, I look at it from like what, what can bring more people into shooting sports, and it, you know, maybe opening that up just a little bit. Um, so you can see the fastest speed that we can do, you know what I mean?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Show the the bleeding edge of uh, accuracy and speed. You know, you know that's always a uh, something super impressive, right? Kind of relating it back to hot shots, right? You know, you know Max Michelle always talking, you know, talking about a high rate of speed. You know, I always just I can always remember those phrases in his head. But no, like if you think about it, most people in the time it takes you to do a build drill, uh, people can't even get the gun out of the holster that fast, right? I mean. Sure. There's a lot of people who just like like you're done shooting six shots. or haven't even got their hand on the gun to shoot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I never. I mean, I think I'm not alone. Everybody loves the build drill. It's like it's one of those, it's one of those drills that uh, is just kind of like a staple. For, I mean, worldwide, you know. I, I, I still get videos. That either I'm tagged in, or they send me um, from the Philippines, or from uh, from Turkey, from shoot, where else? Oh, there Ukraine. That's mm-hmm. what surprised me. There's there's some some guys in Ukraine that train regularly, and they they'll they'll send me their build drills <laughs> or their or the four by four. Um, but people just everybody loves it because it gives you an opportunity to kind of you know showcase what is your Absolute limit, you know, and it's it's very simple. That's the other thing; it's very simple, easy to digest, and everybody knows what you're doing. Um, you know, single target, stand, and deliver. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but not to downplay, you know, I I enjoy actual shooting USPSA uh, stage planning and execution uh, more than a build drill. But I've always, you know, like everybody else, I've always enjoyed the build drill, and I'd always kind of in my practices on something fun because a lot of my practices to get to get at a high level you make them very difficult and kind of force yourself to be frustrated and grind uh, by the end of the practice it's you know i want to have fun and i'm not having fun usually in my practices because i'm not i've got them as difficult as as i can make them and you know i'm not being I have a very low percentage of success in my practices. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I usually end it with whatever I got left in, in my bags, you know, whether it's two or three runs with with a couple bill drills. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's kind of what I've always done. So it's just kind of you know, started getting faster and faster, I guess. And then once I went to the scoop draw and fully committed to that, um that obviously that's kind of the key to a fast a fast draw is, is Is the biggest key to a good or a fast build build.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I I want to divert a little bit back into talking about USPSA a little bit. Um, You know, so you know you you got you started shooting USPSA right before, kind of before you got into the law enforcement stuff, you know, on the streets and stuff. Um, And you know, you found it via the videos. How long did it take you from starting out to kind of figuring the game?
1: Well, uh, I'm still figuring out the game.
0: <laughs>
1: Honestly, this there there's it's there's so much to it. With uh, I mean, it, it is simple formula hit factor. So I would say I'm still learning it. Um, I can't look at a stage and tell you what my hit factor should be. As whereas the top guys, they seem to be able to do that. And I'm just like, well, I don't know. I'm just gonna go as fast as I can to shoot alphas. <laughs> But uh to to really get an idea of like uh I guess once I turned Grandmaster, it was before well, before I made Grandmaster, uh, it was kind of learning how to be comfortable moving and blending the targets. That took me about uh I wanna say two years. Like two mm-hmm. years, my first two years of of kind of just anything on paper, I didn't care. I just shot two, and if there was two holes in the paper, I was happy uh, to realizing okay i need to I need to shoot each target for what it is, <laughs> and that took took me about two years to kind of figure that out, and then the process of getting good at that is is a longer process, you know that's still something I'm all you know we're always chasing is is shooting the targets appropriately you know the appropriate side picture whatever you know everybody kind of has their own terms they call it but basically it's all about points it's you know points divided by time so you got you the number one factor is points you have to earn points no matter Mm -hmm. what the time is if you're not earning any points it doesn't matter so you've got to have that accuracy i started on the other end um actually so i was always focused on my time it's like Mm -hmm. What was my time? Did I beat, you know, my local buddies? <laughs> they were fast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, they were, they were like A's and master level. And, uh, I was always just chasing them on time because I knew I couldn't beat them. So uh, that's what I at. What was my time? Oh, I was 16 seconds. What were they? 17. I'm like, I win. But then they'd always beat me. Mm-hmm. I, I got through the stage faster. Did I hit anything? No, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't care at that point. You know, it was when I started beating them on time where I realized, and they were still winning. Then I realized, well, I if I can beat them on time, then if I just get my hits, I can beat them. So that's what shifted my focus um, to, you know, what do I need to see um, and adjust my practices accordingly to this is what I need to see on this target you know, or a difficult target versus you know, a point and shoot target.
0: Right. Yeah, and and even to that progression, right? So from that point, how long did it take you to start winning your locals, to then winning major matches, to being then in being contention to win, you know, larger area level matches? Uh,
1: probably just in like another two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, I mean, I would say it's less about time, you know, as far as is. Like years or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely more about how, just like anything, how bad do you want it? Because you're going to have to put in the work. So it is still time, but it's like it's going to require you to dry fire. It's going to require you to practice and train live fire and doing drills and also moving, you know, finding your deficiencies and working on those until they're not deficiencies. Or at least at a level where it's competitive and so i uh that was kind of my outlet so it started like when i started shooting that was kind of my outlet during like the time when i started watching hot shots you know we were going through some major stuff with uh with my family with my son uh, was diagnosed with cancer Um, and so having having that going on me sneaking out to the range every once in a while like once a week when or whenever I could, you know, we we weren't dealing with something major with him being sick or something. Uh, going out to the range and shooting a gun just helped. It was kind of my outlet, and that's yeah. how it started. Well, with uh, uh, being law enforcement, the stresses that come with that, and then just more life stuff. Uh, with we've had some other major diagnoses in my family with type one diabetes and. Uh, if I list them off, it's very depressing, but we're on the good side of <laughs> a lot so we we have like five automobiles in my family. I've got five kids um, and then my wife, but yeah we've we've got a lot of medical, <laughs> <laughs> but shooting was always that outlet. so going into the garage when there was time or I'd work graveyard, I'd get off work and then they would be in school. I'd try to I'd only get a few hours of sleep and then I'd wake up. And they'd still be in school, so I'd go out, work out, and then dry fire. And that was an outlet for me, you know, cleared my head. So I'm just focused on what I'm doing before I go to work and focus on other things. Uh, or at home with the kids when they get home, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it was, it's it's always kind of been an outlet. And then this last year, year and a half, um, I've been fortunate towards kind of shifted, um, to where it's kind of shifted to where it's, it's it's almost it's almost a job but not in a bad way i still enjoy it love it but now it's it's something it, it's kind of like you like you mentioned that transition from you know winning some some majors and stuff to moving to the high the well the highest level in our sport being able to compete with those guys um, and seeing you know shooting next to them and with them <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it, very very humbling just because i mean at least with my journey it's you go from watching them on youtube fast forward five years and now i'm in their squad you know Mm -hmm. and it's just i don't think that happens i mean it happens but i think it's very rare like it'd be like you know a kid out of high school you know watch an nba and then (laughs) five years later after college he's in the nba and and playing with those, those heroes, you know, and I'm, I'm experiencing that later in life, of course, but it's, it just, it's, it's kind of, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's nothing short of awesome for me, but, uh, but now it is more of a job and I'm getting over that, you know, they're, they're still my heroes, but they're also, you know, becoming friends and, uh, and I'm, I'm looking at them more as competitors instead of, instead of the, the intimidation factor. So that's going away, which is good. So now it's, it's more, getting back to focusing on my deficiencies. This last year was a good uh, trial of I've had more time with the job change, getting out of law enforcement and only working two days a week to where I can uh, be fortunate enough to travel and and make a lot more events. But with that travel, I've given up a lot of of my own training, you know, my own practice at home um, because I'm always gone. So I don't really have a range and it's not. It's not a structured training, uh, and that's you know it's not an excuse. It's just what it is, and so I've I've kind of tried to stay at that level, but I've haven't been able to uh, address the deficiencies like I normally would in training. And uh, I I slept off. It's all on me. I slept off. I could I could have done the dry fire to at least make up for some of that. But um, basically, you just get home after all that travel, being gone for two weeks between work. And traveling to a couple events and then come home i'm not really wanting to pick up the gun to dry fire i want to spend time with the family so it's kind of one of those things yeah so this this year 2023 was a good ex- experiment i guess it really is what i want to do it's what i want to be able to do but uh, being spread too thin uh, with going to as many matches as i was going to uh, with my training and Really, I want to show up to a match and, and be there to win it um, and have my skill level, <laughs> be, have that ability to win it, which I, I, I have the ability, It's, but next year is going to be a little different. I think I'm going to do, be more selective in my majors and uh, mm-hmm. really focus on the training, like prioritize my time training prior to a major so that I can address my deficiencies. Be more committed to my dry fire. I've already done a better job at that after Ipsic Nats. Uh, Just kind of, I'm just not liking my performance. Mm -hmm. It's simple as that. And I'm the only one who can fix that. So I've started making sure I'm dry firing at least every other day, you know. And like I said before, it was like my outlet and I was dry firing every day. I enjoyed it. And it's now, it's, 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 not it it, sometimes it's enjoyable but sometimes it's not you know but it's more or less because uh, i haven't been as structured and my deficiencies is like okay this dry fire i need to work on this my trigger my trigger control you know and how i'm going to break that down and then i will work on that Uh, or my transitions or whatever it is whatever i think my deficiencies are Um, or if i see something that somebody else is doing like oh that's a great drill i will i'm excited i'll do that you know and just and a lot of times that's a big thing uh for for those watching it's it's if you want to get better find things you, you have to work on your deficiencies but try try drills out whether you they look fun or not try them out and uh whether it's stuff that i've shared or anything like that or anybody because uh, what I've learned is I'll try somebody else's drill. They're working on, uh, let's say, transitions, right? Uh, and I'll be working the same drill they, they were doing. And during that drill, I will learn something other than transitions. I'll learn something about my trigger control or about my vision, you know. And it's just funny how you'll learn something unintended doing a drill that's, a you know, with a different intent, you know. And uh, that that can really be beneficial. So it, that kept it fun for me. So I'm going to mm-hmm. get back to that because I know that works um, for next
0: year. Right. And you kind of mentioned you're going to be a little more selective of majors. Um, is it the fact that you had too many on the schedule this year or that they were too condensed either direction of the season?
1: Uh, kind of both. I mean, I wouldn't say it's too many, but if it could be – that's the problem is you, there's so many good events, mm-hmm. um, and I have not been to, outside of area one and area two, this year was the first year I shot anything else uh, outside of that or nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was my third, what, well, 20, This so I've shot four, well, if you, USPSA, I've shot four USPSA nationals and two of them were this year. Mm-hmm. So and then now one ipsic national so five nationals and what's kind of funny is is after my second or third one when i was super squatted uh talking to those guys like asking nils or max or jj how many nationals have you shot and and they've shot hundreds (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) they've shot of just just national events you know, if you didn't count any other match, just nationals, they've shot more nationals than I've shot events in my life. You know, so right. it's kind of wow. So I need to get more majors, and that's what this year was about: is trying to trying to make as many majors as I can, and that's that can be difficult. It is difficult, even if even if your job is just to shoot, it's still difficult to go one weekend in Arizona. Like my last two were one weekend in Arizona, the next weekend in Florida. So you're traveling across the country, uh, from one weekend to the next. So it it can be very difficult try to fit training in between. So say you saw an issue that you are having, uh, in Arizona. Well, where's the training time between that and Florida, you got a day, you know, a full day of flying. I had to go back to work for two days and then I got a short training session with JJ and a few friends uh, Mm -hmm. to try to address something. And it's just, it's just not going to happen. So you're just going to try to stay at that level as best you can and then go into that. But the training should have been done prior to that. And so from going to one thing to another, they kind of stack up. So it's it's hard. You have to you, you have to have time to address those things uh, unless you're somebody like, like the Nils and the JJ where they're just they're pretty much at the top of their game all the time. And yeah. God bless those guys, because they're—it's <laughs> pretty amazing to watch them from week you weekend know, week out just keep performing at the top level with you know even if their schedule's booked. So,
0: but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it is—it's intense, probably, and in the in the pure fact of the matter is, it's like you know they're good at what they do, but God, you got to have be able to have a buffer, right? Like for you, you know, you got the five kids and the wife at home, super difficult, probably to get time away to our major. It's like, you know, like you said, back to back weekends, you know, Arizona, Florida, like that's got to suck for you. Like, you know, you got everyone at home who's like, when are you coming home or, or or don't come home? We, we like the space without you.
1: <laughs> you know, it's tough. It, I, I'm so blessed and in, in so many ways. So I can't really complain cause I'm doing exactly what I love doing.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: even, you know, going to work, it's a short 48-hour shift, and it's enjoyable as well. So I i, I don't have any complaints. It is tough, though, because there's several times this year, doing back-to-back weekends like that, I'm gone for 12 to 14 days straight from home. Right. Because I'm going to work, flying to a match, going flying back to work, flying to another match, flying back to work, and then coming home. So, or some, you know, some form of that. Uh So, yeah you, it's just it's it's part of the sacrifices is what you know and that's what this year was about for me trying to trying to figure out what's feasible what works what doesn't uh, and uh and then address it for next year and that's why i said next year i will be more selective um there's going to be it's going to happen next year i'm sure just the way the events are i'm going to want to mm-hmm. go to two events that are going to be back to back like that and the the prep needs to be done ahead of time so basically what i'll have to do is clear out my schedule and maybe miss a level two that i normally would go to uh that's closer to mm-hmm. really commit to the training to prep the way i need to prep because like i said i've been fortunate to have some good conversation with uh, conversations with about training with uh, uh like with jj nils mason lane predominantly um
2: mm-hmm.
1: how, to, how do you how often do you train, you know, how do you train, that sort of thing, you know, and like Nils is the one who says that he'll shoot for something like uh, nationals or something he really wants that's really important to him, worlds, nationals, he will, for like a month prior, he'll shoot every day, but on other events, he's pretty much shooting at least every, every other day, for the most part, and I'm like, well, I don't have that option, but I can still dry fire every day, and I mm-hmm. can still, Um, I can still get to the range at least once, if not twice a week. If I don't have a match, at least twice a week. So it's just a matter of, and and that's, I mean, ideally, I would be able to do it more. I'd love to do it more, but just, that's just what I've got. So I, I think I can still make it work because I've been able to do so in the past. This year just was a little different with the stacked schedule and work and home life
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it you know there's got to be that work home life you know sport balance it seems like right you know nothing's ever going to be ideal or perfect but we got to make the best that we can
1: yeah exactly and the cream always rises to the top so so there's no there's it, it doesn't matter what it, you know the potential is i guess what your you know potential ability is is you you've got to do the work if you want to be the best at anything you're gonna to have to outwork your competitors and you're mm-hmm. gonna have you know hardships everybody's got them so i'm no different than anybody else uh, it's just figuring out how to manage that and still do what i need to do to outwork these guys so that's that's my plan next year right Hopefully, now but... go ahead uh, I, just, I, I just say so the the other thing is uh playing around with like my weight with lifting and stuff so next year um you're you're gonna see a a little more leaner uh uh, that's body type you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i i i'm fortunate i kind of store whether it's fat or muscle i i I can gain weight no problem Uh, so i walk around 230 normally Uh, but my best during my best performances, it was probably in the academy. Basically, the weight-wise, uh, moving around comfortably was is right around two hundred five. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been under two hundred since high school. Uh, and it's not that I'm, I'm not a tall guy. I'm just my mom used to call me husky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm husky, <laughs> yeah, body, but yeah, that's my body type. I just I hold weight a little bit more um than most you know i think like jj was one he's at 160 at co nats i'm like holy smokes 160 jeez, yeah but yeah yep. if i it, it'll it'll definitely be helpful to get down to like well like I'm, i've I've been before around 205 I, I i move i move definitely differently it's it's like it's a big difference trying to start and i was talking to shane coley uh, at Ipsit gats like we both had to have the same match <laughs> mm-hmm. we were talking and I'm like yeah I definitely I like I like to lift weights um and that makes you hungry <laughs> and I like to eat. <laughs> and he's you know I think we're similar. We were saying how similar we are um and uh we're both above the weight where we can maximize our performance as far as like maneuvering and stuff and it, it definitely affects stability to getting this thing going it's hard to stop that train you know <laughs> come into a you know a port or something getting low and getting out it's just it's just it, it equates to a little bit more time and that that can be changed just by simply dropping 20 pounds 30 pounds
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah definitely absolutely yeah it's definitely here nor there you can definitely move or gain a little bit of it but it's always funny to see you and shane coley when you get when you're with each other you got to take a picture right cuz yeah. at some point you could always if you grew the beard out a little bit more you could like look at me I'm Shane Coley everybody <laughs> so what's funny
1: about that uh, I I met him in person it was in Washington at Area 1 um I can't remember the year I'm bad with years and dates but anyways it was Area 1 when it was in Washington and uh, my buddy that I shoot with Ron Hildebrand mm-hmm. <laughs> he is the uh, he was a Glock guy and he still is, but he shoots, uh, uh, he shoots an Atlas now, uh, 2011 for he, he's, he's been, he shot limited. He was production. And mm-hmm. then he was, he was one of the, he was the local guy that he was one of them. Um, and we got some good shooters and he was one of the guys I was chasing when I was first starting out and man, nobody splits like that guy, even with a Glock, he still splits faster than I do. And, uh, now even with an Atlas, it's just, it's incredible to see, but, uh, He's a Glock guy, so he was all his guy was Shane Coley. My guy at the time was Max Michelle because I was watching Hot Shots, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know we all have our guys, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, he uh, he you know he'd always talk about Shane Coley. So then when I met him, I was like, hey, we we were actually squatted together, and I goes, hey, Shane, I got to get a picture with you for my buddy. He probably thought I was lying because he gets you know people take pictures with him all the time, but uh, <laughs> So I tagged him, and I always I always troll my it's it's all to troll him he knows now he knows the drill as soon as he sees me he's like oh yeah we've got to get that picture (laughs) (laughs) and we've been doing it for a few years (laughs) a few years now but uh it's that's how it all started we do it basically to troll troll my
0: buddy ron (laughs) so it's funny you mentioned ron so ron submitted a question for you so i gotta ask you so who shot your banner
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah
0: all good he's asking questions all right yeah so
1: yeah when i when i do on our local matches uh like when i build stages i've got like these banners behind me gray guns mm-hmm. and howitzer and i put banners up so i had uh probably, probably something like this one i've got a couple of them and uh <laughs> he's going through it's a funny story because he was <laughs> i don't know how much he wants to divulge but he asked the question mm-hmm. so we've got we got another guy uh that shoots with us uh and something happened with a popper and it was a little you know local you know buddy we're we're, we're we're all really close so we just give each other shit all the time when we shoot our locals match it's it's constant right before you shoot it's like hey don't fuck up stand by <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> and uh anyways so one of our mutual friends was, was getting under his skin. So he, he was he was not happy with the stage and it was a stage I built, so I had my banners up. And uh, anyways, he started shooting and he had a hell of a time. He screwed something up or the, I think it was, the that's what it was. It was the popper that uh, our mutual friend adjusted and it didn't go down and then he shot it again. And then he went, had or he had to go back to shoot it. And so he was pissed because it was adjusted <laughs> before he shot. And so he ended up going through and while, while he just saw my banner and he's just, boom, point shoots it real quick on his way to the next target. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, what's funny is it was out of anger. I don't care, whatever, you know, <laughs> but uh, oh, here it is. so you see that little red mm-hmm. dot, right? He put it like dead center in that red dot. And he's shooting irons, and he was, like, running by this thing. And he just goes, boom, and then goes to the next spot. So it was actually, it was actually pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he he bought me a new banner. He had a new
0: one made. Was did, like, he take, did he take that one home as a victory trophy? He did. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I shot it, I bought it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Yep, he kept that one and got me a new one. But, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, local local matches are definitely uh, <laughs> they're they're fun. They're different than the majors for sure. You know, local there's like I don't know what to do if I'm not getting you know raz the whole time.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. But um, what was your so looking looking back at twenty three? What was the match that you found most rewarding? What major match?
1: Oh, let's see. Get cold in my garage, sorry.
0: Oh, is that, uh, it gets cold in California?
1: <laughs> cold for me. It's like it's like uh it's probably only fifty degrees out. Maybe in the forty low high forties. No, what's <laughs> that? So cold for me. Let's see. Man, I, I I shot for me, I shot so many. Let me let me think back. I mean, what, I mean it's it's and it's it's hard to say it's easy to say one that you won was rewarding well i guess that is the most rewarding um uh we have a local uh level two every year called the golden bullet mm-hmm. uh, and that one was it was uh i'd won four years in a row for carry optics and so that one it was kind of a. I guess it was, it just starting out the traveling, you know, it was the beginning of the year, kind of. Um, I think i already shot one level two, the Roadrunner I shot already prior to that. And I was fortunate to get that one, but that one, that was a good one. Um, but it was more, cause it was like the, can I can I go five in a row? <laughs> cause there's a lot of, that thing fills up. There's a lot of shooters at that one. And a lot of they're good shooters, That don't necessarily make it to the majors Mm -hmm. and so they it's like every year in the last five years in a row i've been able to kind of reach another level you know like level up for that uh and and just kind of squeak it out you know what i mean (laughs) because i got a lot of a lot of guys uh that are that are have been you know now that i've been winning it for the last five years a lot of guys that are chasing and want you know it's going to be it's going to happen sooner or later, wherever one of them is going to get me. Right. So it's going to be really good for them, bad for me, but it's it's kind of cool to see how long, how long can I, you know, can I run this? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I would say that that probably felt the best because of a win. Um, but I think if it's the most, I don't know, as far as match goes, that would be the best but i think carry optic national the most memorable for me um would be this year's carry optic nationals because of the fact that uh the build drill challenge was it was the first kind of shooting usa one so that's so that was the competition mixed with you know my duty, kind of a duty to be the the ringer right Mm-hmm. So that one was the most I, I guess that's most memorable just for the simple fact where I'm going as the ringer uh, against whoever qualifies, which wasn't really wasn't a surprise to me, uh Billy Barton uh mm-hmm. was you know, was the challenger. So that was the most it, it was just kind of surreal because it kinda going back to what I've talked about earlier shooting. Shooting with these top guys, getting you being able to compete with them, um, and then having them come to a uh, what do you want to do? I guess it's a show. It's a kind of a skill designed around something that like I'm the feature of, if that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's being filmed by Shooting USA, and my heroes are coming over to participate in what felt like you know kind of like my show <laughs> you know it was just like i said very i just felt very humbled and it was surreal i was living in the moment for sure uh, of course i lost it <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh and that just is what it is billy did all the things right um he did he did what he needed to do and uh, he showed up and i i did i i didn't uh i think i was a little too in the moment you know i did take the time to go warm up prior, so I hadn't touched my gun in six hours, and uh <laughs> just get you know get mic'd up, call to the line, and there we go, we're we're recording. So, mm-hmm. but that was still you know in the moment, I had all the belief that I was gonna you know make it happen, and it didn't work out. But still, that was that was such a cool experience, regardless. You know, even losing, it was still just wow. I'm here. I got. You know all the guys I look up to there. You got Billy there, who's you know. Have you? Got, you're you you've seen Billy stuff, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's just just being able to compete at the highest level of even this smaller portion of of shooting, but on it, you know, being being kind of like the feature of that. And oh, and, oh, that was the other thing. In in the registration, they have the build drill challenge. They have this whole thing listed out and you know, they've got my name on it and everything. And that's, I'm a part of USPSA history. So, and I was feeling that the whole time. So it was like, it was pressure, but at the same time, it was just, like I said, humbling and, and kind of surreal. Whereas like, I, I remember watching the show a short time ago and looking at these other guys that are all features and history, you know, creating USPSA history in competition uh, shooting history, and now I'm part of it. You know, so I I definitely recognize that fact, uh, which may or may not have hurt me. You know, when it comes to actual shooting, um, but that's just something I got to get used to because I plan on I plan on being around. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that'll that'll start to fade. You know, that kind of that honeymoon phase, and then I can, you know, I, I'm already seeing it where I'm I'm not. I'm not as nervous as I was. I'm controlling that and I'm getting more uh, in tune with what I need to do, you know, and, and executing it. The problem this year is, like I said, just my training was not where it needs to be. Uh, but I'll rectify that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And you can only go up and onward from here, right? You're already a top level GM. You're already performing in that top 20. Well, even Limited Optics Nationals, what you were, I can't even remember the placement. I'm blanking right now
1: it was 20 something
0: i've taken a couple 20 20 something
1: places this year i think it was same. that co nats limited i and ipsic nats it's all been in the 20s so i definitely slipped back to where i should be for sure um but that's no one's fault but yeah it's but it's still when i look at it it's 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 just these little things that i could fix that would get me into that top 10 and then Mm -hmm a few more little things you know mistakes that would get into that top five you know and actually kind of a potential a legitimate chance at the Mm -hmm. overall so it's and that's all it is i mean it's not just me there's 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 at least 30 guys that could say the same thing
0: right exactly and and then when it comes down you know you're you're upward and onward you're going to go to the top you're going to be you know you're fighting with your your idols or your your heroes you know you know they're your rivals at this point, and you're you're there to duke it out on the field of battle uh, called the USPSA or IPSC stage, it seems like. But uh, um, no, but it's definitely cool to see the progression. I mean, you know, as you've talked through this whole thing, it's it's kind of showing you know you can come from nothing or a little bit of a, a hobbyist to becoming a true competitor. So it's yeah. uh, it's the average man or the average person in this sport shouldn't be discouraged about it because that could be them. They just need to have the dedication the, and the means to do so. And, you really.
1: know, yeah, even if you don't have minimal, you know, minimal ammo, that's a tough thing. I mean, that's what I'm working on right now, securing ammo for next year uh, mm-hmm. for, for training purposes to do what I want to do to be ready to shoot uh, build drill challenges. Um, as that progresses, mm-hmm. that's going to take extra ammo just for that skill that is got to be separate from my USPSA training ammo. So, mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on that now is crucial but even with you know even if with minimal ammo what i'm seeing is, is is the one of the bigger bigger things uh setbacks that i've learned from this year um is is dry fire is is that's that's where you can build most of your skills in dry fire uh and then you confirm them in your live fire training mm-hmm. and then you test those skills under pressure in your competition and that's it, those, those are kind of like the three steps that you go through when you're, when you're training or when you're getting, you know, progressing. So dry fire is, is a huge key, and, and that's kind of what I'm going to revert back to. Get, you know, that's really what got me the fast draw. I mean, that's what got me the, 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 the base of all my fundamentals um, and getting those fundamentals, those skills at a high level. It all came from the dry fire practice I was putting in Uh, and then I would take it to live fire. But, you know, I could, you know, you can't, you can't, I'm not doing thousands of reps in live fire. (laughs) I'm doing thousands of reps in dry fire first. Then I'm taking it to, to live fire and just doing dozens, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you take, take that to a match and you, you do several in a match and you're just testing it under pressure. So and it's it's creating ways that you can add that pressure in your dry fire in your live fire that that mimics what you see, what you see and feel in a match, and that's that's kind of that next level training. So I think a lot of people, even great shooters, great you know better GMS that are missing out on that upper level is probably because the uh, the, the inability to apply that extra pressure they're too comfortable in their training. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so when they go to a, a major match or they're too comfortable in their locals and when they go to a major match um, that pressure gets to them. So it's it's but it's all great realistically um, kind of in the grand scheme of things it's regardless of of the outcome it's such a great experience just being a part of it all you know it's great people no matter what level you're on. You know get out shooting and enjoy the people you're around they're. chances are they're some of the best people you'll you'll end up knowing
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i mean uh some of my best friends you know got you know i've met through this sport right they don't live anywhere near me but they're some of my best friends right yeah right but, <laughs> and then you're the that's the ones you're talking to all the time you know you're always the one razzing or whatnot but it's always a good time I. I yeah that's great. absolutely so, so Isaac, uh, this is a, like or the part of the show where I like to help, you know, support, show people love that su- show you love. Right. So this is kind of where I let you really pimp the sponsors out, you know, and, and kind of give them their, their, uh, their golden nugget, I guess, at the end of this. Right. I've certainly got a lot of them.
1: I wouldn't be in this sport if I did have uh, the support I do. Have. So uh, as far as shooting goes, like I, I mentioned before, my buddy, Mike, with uh, the cartridge family, uh, he's he's been keeping me up on ammo my entire career, keeping me training and uh, for practice for matches, and then uh, then Ely ammo is that's what I've been that's what I've been shooting all year this year, most of the year this year uh, for all my majors, and that's been great ammo. So they've been great, obviously great guns. I mean, I got got the gun right here my limited optics gun um with the lockwood slide that they're doing uh, tailor-made to what i wanted to see and it's it's awesome anybody anybody who shot let's just put it this way outside of my opinion anybody who's shot a gray guns upper whether it's the lockwood or anything else they do it's this it's unanimous it's it's the performance is top-notch You know, the feel is different. It's not just a 320. Um, It completely, it feels like, it feels like a 320, but it shoots completely different in a good way. Uh, So uh, Henning Group, obviously Henning has been a great supporter for me. Uh, Precision Holsters, they provided me with uh, holsters and mag pouches, Howitzer, Howitzer's been a huge one this year uh if i'm sure a lot of people have seen the commercial and then the support that they brought into uspsa as well and supported the build drill challenge uh hollow sun optics um, they've been awesome providing me with optics this year and uh and then going forward uh shooter's world powder um, again part of the process of keeping me training uh, mm-hmm. springer precision i got the springer precision magwells they're, they're awesome the brass It adds that weight in the hand, so I'm loving it for limited optics. Uh, Align Tactical, so the little controversial gas pedal, not in LO, but in carry optics, Um, Mm -hmm. that little gas pedal. I use it for just mainly an index, but I also, this doesn't have it, but my TXG uh, Lowers has the mag release that I just prefer. Uh, I know I'm missing some. (laughs) Let me look around. Oh, let's see um oh man there's been so much support it's jerky that's a local jerky company but they ship everywhere they're in a lot of different states um, i don't remember how many it's every time i talk to him he's he's in like at least half the states by now um across the country um, so yeah i i'm sure i'm missing a few and i apologize but oh yeah i couldn't do it without the support of sponsors and getting me to these places and having the ability to do something I love to
0: do. Mm-hmm. And it, it is really cool. You know, you know, they show you the support, you show the support back, you know, being a great ambassador for the the sport and these and these companies. It's always good to see. But Isaac, if people really wanted to get in touch with you, talk more about, you know, getting better at shooting or your kind of your history, your past, your future, um, what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: Oh, so obviously, social media. Um, People read it, reach out to me on that. Uh, if, you, if you're interested in more training stuff, I've got a Patreon account. I have a YouTube account as well. Um, that's free information that's out there. Um, I haven't put, the in-depth stuff is gonna be on Patreon going forward. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of a, you know, a way to fund my travel essentially, or that's the goal. And then uh, YouTube has just information that I've learned up until this, essentially this year. Um, and I still mm-hmm. just put match videos. But if they want to get a hold of me, obviously social media is the easiest way. Just message me, uh, and then see see what they're trying, what what they, whatever they want to know. I, I respond to everybody.
0: Gotcha. No, that's good. Yep. So, people, if you want to reach out to Isaac, reach him out on his social media. Follow him on YouTube and join his Patreon. But, uh, Isaac, brother, thank you for your time tonight. It's been a blast. I've learned a lot. We've had a great conversation. So, I really want to do thank you for your time away from your family and uh, your your hectic life. So,
1: yeah, thanks. Yeah, they've been good. They stayed out in the garage. So,
0: (laughs) right, the (laughs) one time, right? Yeah, right. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Isaac, and to the listeners, get out and do the things. I will see you on the next one.